Hey, Cowboy here. I see you're checking out some of our first season. Excellent choice. Great vintage stuff. Pairs well with steak. Uh, just a few notes. In season one, the name of the show was actually Head to Head, a video game podcast. But it's still the same show that you've come to love or will learn to love if this is your first time listening. So in either case, thanks for listening and welcome to Game Corp. Head to Head, a video game podcast is about three rad video game journalists set in the fictional offices of the evil conglomerate Game Corp. The show contains scenes of narrative elements, some mature content, and a whole lot of immature content. Enjoy the show. Guys, I, I, I think this is the room. You lippers and po'boys are late. S sorry, the, the floor has so many doors on it, and they're all down like this long, weird hallway, and then there's like a scene behind each one. I mean, suffice to say, it, it took a while to find this place. Sit down and shut up, numbskulls. This is the kind of waste of time I'm talking about, people. I just got our first quarter's efficiency metrics on all of you. Anyone's guess as to what was on it? Oh, efficiency. Wait, no, metrics. Or, um... Well, what if we just look at it instead of guessing? <sighs> oh, God. Yes, great blouse detective. Look, the metrics are on here. Oh, and look at this. They're fucking weak. We fell three points short of our Q1 targets, and now the higher-ups are this close to raining down bureaucratic hellfire on all of us. But sir, I, uh, I just hacked into our accounting department, and it shows our profit margins are 130%. I mean, we're practically printing money. Good, but not good enough. That's still 70% disgustingly excessive profit being left on the table. And, besides, it's not about money. It's about power and control, and imposing blind obedience through frivolous corporate mandates <laughs> drafted by out-of-touch think tanks. <laughs> uh, hey, what's a think tank? That word always just makes me think of, like, an aquarium full of floating brains? Yeah, right. So I picture like a glass cylinder you carry on your back. It's full of like brain juice with this tube that leads to the back of your skull. And then when it's empty, you can't think anymore. Hey, idiots. We are inches away from having our genitals in the genital mutilator. The what? Uh, I have trouble with metaphors when I'm frustrated. The point is, we're in deep shit. But the Shadow Council, the... Board of Directors has been gracious enough to give us until the end of the day to bring those numbers up before they step in. So you all need to double our efficiency today, unless you want your corporate privileges choked off by an autoerotic amount of red tape. Speaking of which, I'm increasing all double entendres to be quadruple entendres today. Man, I can't uh, quadruple. No, 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 no. Oh, and uh... Everyone's working a double today. Dude, no! Jeez, a double? I really never see my wife. But boss, it, it's a Friday. Not anymore, it isn't. To milk the endless productivity that despair and misery bring in, the days have been reclassified to Monday, one, two, three, four, and five, respectively. Darn you, Mondays, lasagna. All right. Now let's talk about doubling department efficiency. Terry. Yes? I noticed that HR's protocols just to sit on their asses all day, waiting for employees to come to them with complaints of harassment and workplace hostility. Well, no more. Your team needs to start taking the initiative to double those numbers. I want HR on the floor stirring up drama, brewing tensions, and making those cases happen. But, boss, we're... We're just about to finish our quarter-long project that ranks all employees by the size of their dump trucks. 
and I would hate to see my team lose all of the progress on such a valuable database. It truly is a work of art. Right, right. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing that Excel sheet. Okay, finish that, and then start antagonizing the workers. Right. Of course, number 14. Uh, I mean, boss. What? Uh, 14? I was... I mean, I've been working out it. Uh, anyway, yeah, Luke, what computers? Uh, excuse me? Our spy cameras notice that while most employees fear losing their jobs enough to stay busy typing with their hands, every single employee's feet have been slacking off. They just sit there all day just dangling, doing nothing. It's unacceptable. Starting today, I want every employee working on two computers, hands and feet. But boss, I, I can't organize that. I I'm busy putting out fires in IT every day. Like, literally. I walked away from an actual server fire to be here. Ah, uh, excuses. Have the cafeteria cook today's gruel of the flaming servers. That'll save us on gas. And get me those foot computers. Also, I understand correctly you have the entire network running on the internet. Uh, yeah. I mean, we need the internet to run the network. Well, the problem is, that means you've been completely neglecting the outer net. That's double the net we're losing out on, so get on it. But, but that's not a... Th boss... We don't need any of that. If you let me look at the database and the metrics, I could write an algorithm that'll affect nah, the I'm the boss. I say full computers. Now, YouTubers. Nah, bruh. We're doing like the four-week ambient challenge, so the only thing we're gonna be efficient at right now is naps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, those adorable little hillions. Fine. Double the naps, you hear me? <laughs> oh, they're asleep. Well, good hustle, YouTube department. Sir. You haven't told the podcasting department a new, uh, defecation opening. Oh, right. Yeah, I missed them. Oh, they're just so bland and forgettable. It's almost like personality-based camouflaged. Yeah, just look at them. They're like blended to the wallpaper. Totally would have neglected to make their lives miserable today. <laughs> yeah, good catch, Yesman. My pleasure, sir. Mmm, numbskulls, numbskulls, numbskulls. The worst offender of them all. What? Uh, I think we're pretty efficient at our job. R right, guys? Yeah, totally. I I'd say our only weakness is maybe sometimes we work too hard. Oh, yeah? Well, my reports here says you boys spend four hours a day playing video games, another two hours just talking and joking around with each other, and then three hours browsing the internet and chatting on social media. It's goddamn unacceptable. But, boss, that's literally our job description. You're just saying all the stuff we do for the podcast. Get it, you walkie LaCroix. I don't want to hear any excuses. It doesn't matter if it's illogical or unreasonable. The only thing that matters to the bigwigs is what's on paper. So today, I'm putting you three through the efficiency rigor. And I'm going to squeeze every last drop of blood from your stones. Yes, man, strike that one from my Facebook. Did not go as well as it sounded in my head. Uh, yes, sir. Maybe strike the whole conversation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, laugh it up, boys. You're going to be up to your necks in extra work today, so make it count.
Welcome to the 10th episode of Head to Head, video game podcast brought to you by GameCorp, the totally not evil video game media conglomerate. Upper management and their infinite wisdom has hand-chosen us, a couple of low-level employees with zero experience, to serve as your hosts for this head-to-head, no-holds-barred matchup between two games to see which will stand triumphant. I'm your host, Cowboy. I'm Jake. And I'm JB, a.k.a. Jobless Barbarian. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Not you, the job market! You work here! <laughs> I'm, I'm putting in resumes. <laughs> Not after this episode. <laughs> in today's battle, we'll be facing off two contenders for the title of Fun Fishing Factory Building Logistic Game with Satisfactory versus Dyson Sphere Program. That's right, Jake. When I first heard these games, I thought one was a synonym for just okay, and the other one was like some sort of weird Roomba. So Yeah, I thought it was Tyson Chicken Project. Tyson Chicken Project. <laughs> Which is a much better game. <laughs> I would play that. <laughs> if we're being honest, I would play Tyson Chicken Project on the new KFC gaming rig. Ooh, the KF console. The only computer around with a chicken chamber. I mean, if I take off my side panel, I could put some chicken in there. <laughs> I guess you I could, could probably put, chicken. put a whole chicken. You could put chicken in any computer, right? Like, the cave console's not that special. You could put some nuggets in the CD tray. <laughs> All right, man. So, I've been thinking, and I know this has nothing to do with video games, uh, but you know what? I've been thinking. Since we're pretty much pros now, since we're really, really professional at this, and since we're making the big bucks and we have millions yeah, of listeners. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing that I was noticing from our peers in the upper echelons of comedy podcast entertainment. We have peers? Oh, we have peers. We're talking, I don't know. I called up my boy Rogan, right? I called up my boy (laughs) Rogan and I was like, hey, man, so what's some cool stuff that you do in your podcast? And he was like, hey, so. (laughs) Drugs. After a fucking, after a fat bong rip, I look at everybody and I say, hey, when I say something funny, even if it's only kind of funny, you got to really, really laugh, gut laughs every single time. And it Mm -hmm. got me thinking, I hear it now, now that I know that, I hear it in a lot of podcasts. A ton of podcasts, even if something's kind of funny, they'll be like, and that's a fine how do you do? And everyone's just like, (laughs) so I think we need to practice that. I think we need to practice yeah. it a little bit. All right. All right. Let's. So, somebody starts the start. worst I can't, joker. I can't fake laughs. I can't. I can't do you it. You got to start. A, we we have to pro. practice. You have to practice this. So listen. Okay. If we're gonna hang out with people at the after parties, we have to learn yeah. how to fake laugh. So oh, okay. Schmooze. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right. Um, who wants to say so, something? F- all right. Um, all right. Here it comes. Here's a joke. You ready? I'm, all right. No, okay. I'm just gonna hit a punchline because I can't think of a joke. All right. Here it comes. And that was the whole shebang. <laughs> oh, jolly. That was amazing. That was good. That was amazing. That was amazing. Oh so I expect that every episode forever now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Okay. Enough joking around. Seriously. Do you want to do that? Yeah, man. So <laughs> that's a- <laughs> yeah! oh. oh, that's great. This All is right. addicting, actually. I like- 
<laughs> it's like a nuke you can set off at any time. I can't even tell which laughs are uh, real anymore. <laughs> I, and that's the point. That's the point. So uh, no matter if a joke lands or not, if everybody in the room starts laughing, the listener at home is going to be like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Social triggers. Yeah, it's, it's like social the triggers. laugh track theory. Oh my god, it's We're... a laugh track. Yeah, absolutely, it's a laugh track. It's theory. Big Bang Theory. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Yeah. Sorry, Big Bang is hard uh-huh. to laugh at. <laughs> now I just feel mentioned. bad because I thought mm. that was a pretty decent. I thought it was a decent joke, and then, and then you all laughed, and now I think all the laughter is fake. Mm-hmm. You've you've broken me, Jake. <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> it bleeds into real laughter after a minute. <laughs> it really does. Oh shit! We're, so basically, we're trying to like, uh, what's the term? Gaslight our listeners into Absolutely. believing that they're not laughing at the correct spots. Yeah. So mm-hmm. eventually, I mean, in our in our inevitable downfall when we stop being funny and we just you know wing it. After probably the 12th or 13th episode, they won't know anymore because when we laugh at each other's jokes, they're like, man, they must be funny. This must be funny. Other people are laughing. Can, have you, it, It's so weird. I'm, I'm on a tangent, though. For Have you ever listened to the YouTube videos where they have digitally removed the laugh tracks? Mm-hmm. Uh, from any sitcoms and yes. you realize how awkward it is during filming like because they do have to sit through that nobody plays their laugh tracks la- uh, live when the actors are acting and so it's so freaking weird and certain things that they say are just criminally creepy and almost even sexual harassment sometimes are really like aggressive and without the laugh track you got to watch the what was that show Big Bang Theory Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. has the worst of those yeah, but they do actually have a live studio audience. So those weird do pauses, they? yeah, oh. they take they take they take those clips, and they are actually our audience is laughing, and they get that out. So I think a lot of those YouTube videos purposefully took really long, like laugh segment, like like when the they, crowd really laughed for a cherry, while. They cherry pick. They cherry pick it to make it especially bad. See, here's my hot take because a lot of people pick on Big Bang Theory. I like Big Bang Theory. I just do. Maybe that makes me a basic bitch. I don't care. Like I like Big Bang Theory. I do. Like we, it's it's a household show. There's a lot of shows mm-hmm. like it. I hate, but um, Big Bang Theory specifically, I never saw the issue with it. It's it's a good. It's a nerd sitcom. It's well, a nerd it, sitcom. It's good to turn your brain off to. And it, sometimes you need a show like that. It milks. It takes advantage of the rise of geekdom to popular culture to where that's yeah. like. It's a staple. I mean, comic book movies are a mainstay right now. Like, people love all that stuff. And so they kind of came in. And the jokes aren't geared towards geeks. They're geared towards normal people thinking about those kind of geeks. Like, it's not. That's true. It's not geared towards the type of people that are like the characters. It's the outside observer. So. It is true. I, I, I don't trust anything like that. Yeah, milking geekdom, that's something you should never do. I mean, you should leave it to the mommy milkers, am I right, Cap? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, do you hear that? Yeah, what? It's coming from the drop pod, dude. Yo, yeah, do that's they look loud. different? Oh, no, shit. <laughs> shit. Oh. That came in hot. Okay. Damn, that's like a few inches in the wall. Yeah, let me go ahead and pull that out of there. It's just shooting drop pods now. That's kind of cool. (laughs) You got it. Okay. (laughs) You are the new king. (laughs) (laughs) 
You have okay. pulled the pod from the drop. <laughs> and now you will lead us all to victory. You will lead <sighs> us in listener questions. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me pop this open here. Okay. These listener questions have been brought to you by uh, Harmon's Summertime Good Stuff Breakfast Cakes. Trust Harmon's to tell you that, yes, you can eat cake for breakfast. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from somebody named Nine Minute Man. Oh, do you think that's a callback to Extreme Duck Facts? Oh. The only thing I remember from Extreme Duck Facts is nine minutes of necrophilia. That was not. Oh. You just that squished w- those two things together. You cut them. That was it. That wasn't quite it. That wasn't quite it. I thought okay. that was it. Is that the name of a Netflix series? I think I that's my metal band. Why? I don't know. Nine it minutes makes... to midnight. Something no. like that. Nine minutes to Mars, I think. Nine right. minutes to necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nine Minute Man asks, uh, if you were in a fighting game, what would your ultimate move be? And let's, uh, AJB, you start. All right, so if I was in a fighting game, my ultimate special move, like Mortal Kombat Fatality, would be, you know, I sit down in my gaming chair and I get on Amazon.com and I order just all of it. Just all of it. And then it gets delivered on you. And it's just boxes and boxes and those weird bags that are like easy rip, but they're not. How do those even work? Mm-hmm. And you just, you just, you suffocate. <laughs> it's like an Amazon Prime drop. It just like drones fly in with billions of packages and drop yeah. it on your opponents. That's what it is. That's uh, topical. <laughs> yeah, so you're employing the power of fuck you money. And yeah, <laughs> the power of logistics to kill your the, foe. I like it. The power of a, being a recluse. <laughs> yeah. I will fight him from afar. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there the with my, house. you know, long Gandalf beard, <laughs> my beer belly, and I don't even like beer. You don't and have any of that. <laughs> my hair that's long. It's not that long. <laughs> it's getting longer. It gets in my mouth when I eat now. <laughs> I think you need to Is go that outside. On purpose? You need to go outside sometimes. I went outside. <laughs> you need to touch oh grass. my god! Hold on. I went outside the other day because I had to take out the trash, <laughs> and I saw my neighbor, <laughs> and it pissed me off. <laughs> what do you? What? I got so upset. What do you mean? And then I, hold on, wait. And then I come inside. My my wife's like, what's going on? And I was like, the neighbor was out there. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. What are you talking about? Did you just like, like, are are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Did you just fucking mean mug him? Like he waved at you and you just gave him like a grizzled look or what? No, I was holding a bag of trash. Because normally she brings it in on Mondays, but it wasn't in yet because they hadn't come yet. So I had to take out the bag from inside the house to Mm -hmm. outside. And he was out there just like... Being outside like a weirdo, <laughs> and he said oh, he was like, I looked at him and I'm like, oh fuck, and he looked at me and he was like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and I did like a half-hearted like, just I lifted my fingers. <laughs> what do you mean? And I said, <laughs> I said, hey, <laughs> you and lifted was... just your fingers. What does that mean? <laughs> 
kind of I was like pointed at him hands, like ET. <laughs> yeah, I had one hand, my right hand had a bag of trash, my left oh. hand was just at my side, and I looked at him like, "Oh fuck." And he looked at me, he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I just lifted my fingers on my left hand. <laughs> it was like you just hey. did like an upturned like questioning palm to the air like uh <laughs> yeah i hope oh. i hope he and saw it was... the life drain from your face oh, just probably. like any, it was terrible any semblance of curvature in your mouth was just like went flat slowly <laughs> i gotta say 2020 has was the best year. I didn't have to see anybody. Stop saying that. I didn't have to go outside ever. <laughs> Jesus, no. Hey, I, that that I opinion, know. that head-to-head of video game podcast does not share the opinion of JV about 2020. So I will Ugh. say that the last year has changed us, and I think that's a prime example right there. I mean, all people's lives are different, but no, 2020 can be nobody's best year. <laughs> no. I mean, 2020, I didn't see my neighbor. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, Do you not like your, your did neighbor? Did he your like, whole year? I don't know. I don't know him. <laughs> so you just hate that he exists. And you hate, no, that, just... and you hate that he saw you? <laughs> I hate that people see me when I go outside. It's <laughs> so like weird it. to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't like being... Around, <laughs> I just Ugh. picture you going inside and swearing like to yourself and kicking your dog because another human like, observed you with his eyeballs and you're just like pissed about it. I don't it's get it unacceptable. at all. It's unacceptable. I don't like it. I don't. I'm not. I have a problem. You've become a gremlin of some sort. Some sort of like. I ar- wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, I love when people on like Twitter and stuff like there's uh, people will say ridiculous like out of touch things and then a, a load of people just respond with the two word phrase touch grass, which is like a way of saying go outside, like not even uh, giving energy to explain that they are so out of touch with reality and social dynamics. They just say touch grass. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Just like dude. go touch grass and get back into real life. That's awesome. I haven't heard that one. It's that so is, good. It's, it is super good. Every time I see it, it's like when, when somebody says something ridiculous and I just go, S- seek Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah. not find Jesus, S- seek Christ. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to explain <laughs> why what you said is so terrible. All right, man, uh, Cowboy, uh, how about you? What would your ultimate move be if you were in a fighting game? Oh, my God. I totally had it. Okay, I do have it. I still have it. It is the... 1999 BMW. I would I would get in a car and I would just r- run people over because that's how I fight. I don't know why anybody <laughs> bothers fighting with their fist or weapons. The the safety and reliability of the 1992 BMW it cannot be topped by any form of weaponry, uh, except for bombs and guns, I guess. But still, that would be my ultimate move, is I would disappear off screen for a moment, and then at roughly 62 miles per hour, a blur of of white chrome would just fly by the screen. That's amazing. I have. Has there <laughs> ever been a fighting game where you just hit somebody with a car? Where <laughs> you just drive on through with a car? Yeah. I don't I know. That, like... would, that, would be a, that would be a kick-ass fatality. Frank's out there. If you know of a a game, like post a GIF or a GIF if you're weird, of the the scene where you hit somebody with your car in a fighting game, because I just I just want to see it. I I feel like I don't want to live in a universe where that doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, 
I feel like that's like a Battletoads thing or something, some ridiculous game. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. And also, Cowboy, how dare you? Because that was my answer. No, it wasn't. You was stole it? it from me. And I really? see these questions beforehand, and I was like, I know what I would do. And it ended with hitting. It ended with hitting somebody with my car, and you took that from me. So now my fatality is hitting somebody with Cowboy's car. All right. <laughs> so nine minute man, <laughs> here's your answer. Okay. Up next is. And also, okay, before we begin this question, I apologize if this is uh, just your name, or I don't know if it's a handle or your name, and if it's uh, your name and I pronounce it wrong, I apologize, but I think it's Desquarius. Um, Desquarius. Yeah. Desquarius, uh, yeah. No, that, that's from the Key and Peele, uh, Key and Peele skit uh, oh, with it? the football player introductions, yeah. Oh, Desquarius. Okay, yeah. all right, well, Desquarius I have asked. all those memorized, so. Okay, 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 okay. All right, well... Desquarius asks, what color are, man, what color are Terry's uh, underwear? Send pics. What? So, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're well equipped to answer this question. So, you know what? Should we call Terry? I mean, yeah. we don't know the answer. If any of you yeah, know the answer, I would be I surprised. I don't. Okay, let's get oh, him on God. the horn. Hello, this better be important. Yeah. Hey, Terry. So uh, we're in the middle of the show. We'll make it quick. I'm sorry. I know today's been pretty buck wild, but uh, somebody wrote in and it seems they're pretty invested in something personal. So they're asking, they're asking what color your um uh, uh, underwear is and uh, they want pics. Um, pics of, of what? Um... Uh, your, pan- uh, your panties, Terry. What color under- are they? Underwear. I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't understand. The like the, s- the stuff you wear under your clothes. What? Like underwear, tidy whities, T- boxer briefs. Uh, clothes are to clothe the nakedness. Terry, do you wear underwear? I don't. Maybe. <laughs> Do you wear any, anything <laughs> under your pants? No. No. Uh, okay. Well. Why would you? <laughs> who? Who? What? That is so inefficient. <laughs> what if you have like a a terrible case of of bubble gut? Uh, what? Well, I mean, <laughs> people manage. But sorry, man. I know this is super personal. Uh. Yeah, I don't want to get into the logistics of why it's important. I guess, I guess, I guess we're sorry, Terry. We're sorry it's we asked. Fine. I'm an open book, and speaking of books, I am writing a new one, uh, and I'm posting oh. some some snippets of it to my corporate page. You can find it on h2hpod.com forward slash Terry's Corner. That's T. E-R-R-Y-S-C-O-R-N-E-R. I know. Google will handle it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You put a web page up on our website? On the head-to-head website? Yeah. Who said it was your website? 
I mean, it's... I handle it's, all the resources of the humans. <laughs> all right. All right, man. All right. Good talking to you, Terry. We're gonna. We're just going to let you go. All right. If you ever need me on the podcast again, I have some new things to talk about. Bye, Terry. Jay, op- can't get... All right. <laughs> Click. Bye, then. So, um, there's your answer and shame on you, I think. I don't even know. I don't know why I even asked that one. But, uh, yeah, man, that was something that's actually the end of listener questions this week because i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to talk about them anymore (laughs) yeah we definitely cannot post pics for for a couple of reasons no way (laughs) of that (laughs) do not exist (laughs) is one reason now before we move on we here at head to head a video game podcast don't believe ourselves to be the end-all be-all when it comes to passing judgment on video game battles we are just three guys with a passion for video games and implied violence so we'd like to extend the gavel to you trusty listeners to help weigh in on what we call the audience head-to-head the audience head-to-head is brought to you by benson's cure-all energy drink it really cures everything literally It's a cure for cancer, gunshots, even death. You will be immortal. And that is a statement that is 100% factual. No catch. Claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. By purchasing Benson's, you agree to assume any and all risks to yourself and others, which may occur after consuming Benson's. Benson's, 100% miracle, 100% factual. Last episode, we asked you to grab your pitchforks and solve the age-old debate, Dota 2 versus League of Legends. And with the fiery hot rage of a thousand suns, I am not pleased to announce that the winner is a baby game. (laughs) I mean, League of Legends, whatever. (laughs) Baby game. This episode, we want to find out who is the goodest of boys. Our four-legged friend with poor depth perception, D-Dog from Metal Gear Solid 5. Or, (laughs) he's got the eye patch. Or, the immortal bandana-wearing dog meat from Fallout 4. Ah, oh, that's a tough Pupper one. Pupper battle. It I love a tough. good dog fight. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, dog battle. No. That makes no. it right, right? I, I told you guys we need to have dog fighting on the podcast. I'm glad you finally agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you guys totally shot it down the first time I said it. This All is right, what the... I meant, dog fighting. <laughs> dog battles. Well, you can find out, Jesus, you can find our poll on social media, or you can reach out directly and help us answer this burning question, and Why it's is not... it burn when I pee? <laughs> it's a burning question. <laughs> Good one. Somehow that was even less gratifying. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, what's that? Oh, are we getting? That's a drop pod. Are we getting another drop pod? I mean, oh. we usually don't, but dude, ooh, that's, that's really winding that? up. That's a big <laughs> drop pod coming. What's in. that banging? Yeah. Hey guys. Holy shit, Luke! Did you just come out of the drop pod tube? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, boss doesn't want people wasting time walking around or anything. Everyone's getting around by the tube now. 
Oh, that's what the screaming in the walls was. I told you it wasn't ghost cars. Wow, dude, you were going like Mach 6. Like, I I don't know how all your bones aren't broken. I mean, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just, uh, built different. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, it, it was pretty fast. Same with the elevator. It takes about three seconds to get from the first floor to the 20th floor. Super spooky, right? <laughs> but the harnesses, I mean, they keep you pretty secure. Um, yeah, cool, man. So, what's going on? What can we help you with? Uh, actually, I'm here to help you. Boss wants me to go over a few things with you guys. Uh, I'm in a rush, though, so can we go over it, uh, quick? Like, right now? Oh, uh, yeah, like, like what? Well... First, uh, he's moving lunches around to be more efficient. So, you guys had the 11 to noon lunch, it looks like here. So, looks like you guys are now 11.30 to 11.31. What? That's crazy. We we can't eat a whole lunch in a single minute. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be tough. Good thing they brought in these meal ejections, right? <laughs> oh, nice. Dibs on the French dip. I actually finished my equestrian salad with 15 seconds left over to relax. So, I mean, the time slots are not that bad at all. Oh, also, I'm going to need you to hand over your consoles and uh, computers and, well, any electronics, really. What? No, we we can't give you those, dude. We we need them for the podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. No worries. Uh, I'm upgrading them <laughs> oh. uh, to Bitcoin... Mining machines, anyway, so, uh, you guys won't be able to use them. Um, hmm. Well, I guess you'll just have to switch to board games or something. That's ridiculous, man. We can't- Oh, also, I do need you to move your chairs out to the hall. Uh, I got you new seats. Oh, cool. Well, at least we're getting new chairs. Oh, are they the sleek new pro gamer racing chairs that double your APM and accuracy? Um, no. They're exercise bikes, actually. All the departments are going energy efficient, so you'll be using them to power the podcast. And, uh, I mean, the Bitcoin miners. No, dude, you can't be serious. Luke, you can't actually believe this is going to help with the metrics, do you, man? Well, no, it it, it won't, but they're making me do it anyway, so, uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter what I think, does it? No, Luke, enough, man. This is ridiculous, dude. We can't let them do this. What do you mean, do what? Make us feel like we don't matter. Walk all over us workers, the ones who keep this company running day in and day out. Yeah, especially not by a bunch of fat cat CEOs who probably never worked a day in their lives. Yeah, Luke, you're the smartest, hardest working guy in this building. Like, aren't you tired of people dumber than you telling you how to do your job? Well, I mean, yeah, that does get pretty annoying. Uh, you know they made me use low-voltage C7 capacitors on all the M-series boards for the mainframe servers? Uh, oh, what? Yeah, man. No, that's, that's C7? M- crazy. Uh-huh. M-series? Hmm. You said mainframe? Internet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, no more, Luke. You need to stand up for yourself. For all of us little guys, and tell the boss we're done letting management push us around. We produce results. So damn the metrics and damn those fat cats. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I've been bullied around by these kinds of big bad guys all my life. I am Luke of IT, and I'll say what gets turned on and off again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I do have one last item here uh, before I forget, and it's for uh, Frank. Uh, 
Wait, who's Frank? Oh, Frank is our listeners. Cowboy calls him Frank for some reason. Wait, you have tasks for our listeners? Yeah. Um. Hi there, listener. Or Frank's, whatever. Uh, To get you through this episode and onto another ad-filled one as efficiently as possible, I'm going to need you to just go ahead and adjust that listen speed to, I don't know, 1.5, maybe 2. I mean, no, no, Luke, you no, can't. That sucks, man. That's not That's so okay. Fast. I mean, yeah, just uh, go ahead yeah, and that crank that speed up. Don't, Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> 1.2 no, is not I'll go Frank, ahead and talk what? slow what? so you understand. Dad, oh me no. better. No, Luke, stop. That that defeats the whole purpose of, of speeding it up in the first place. What? You have to talk slow or they won't understand you. Oh, my. Damn it, Luke. Stop messing with our show. Franks, don't listen to him. Turn it back down if you turned it up. Luke. You gotta stop, man. Go stand up to the boss and tell them you know what you're talking about. Yeah, go tell them, Luke. You you can do it. Yeah, you can do it, Luke. 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 All right. All right. All right. I'm going. Wish me luck, boys. Woo! Go, Luke. <sighs> wait, wait. Yo, did we just manipulate Luke into doing what we wanted? That's it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, but it was efficient. Now we don't need to do those exercise bikes, and he's going to be the one to stand up to the boss. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we the baddies? <sighs> I don't even know anymore, man. Probably. Hmm. Well... While we take stock of our moral integrity, let's go ahead and take a break for tonight's ad. But when we return, get ready for a showdown. Head to Head, a video game podcast, is brought to you by Cuddle Buddy the Wonder Bear by Hamsbone. Sure to be the perfect gift for the little one at home, Cuddle Buddy is a delightful bear plush with lifelike animatronics and over 400 clever sayings to keep the fun rolling all day long. Soft, lightweight, and equipped with an AMD Threadripper CPU and lithium-ion battery, Cuddle Buddy will impress the whole family with clever sayings, interactive games, and fun song and dance routines you can't help but play along with. As a special treat, I have my very own Cuddle Buddy right here. Let's go ahead and hear some of those clever catchphrases. I'm Cuddlebuddy and I'm here to stay. <laughs> Delightful. Let's go ahead and hear one more. When you fall asleep and all, I sneak into your mom's room. <laughs> um, let's let's take that again and get a better sound bite. Me and your mama have been going steady for three months. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, guys, did you mess with this? Never forget, I know where you sleep. <laughs> Yo, wh what's wrong with this bear, dude? I'm a pink specimen, you beta bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this cute companion is yours for three easy payments of $29.99. Buy yours today at cuddlebuddy.com. It would be a shame if you lose some teeth while you sleep at night. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. Fuck it. I'm out. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Efficiency is the key master. Are you the gatekeeper? Answer me. That wasn't a rhetorical question. If you get a quarter chub for automating automation for the sake of automating more automation, then do I have the games for you? Don't answer that one. That one is rhetorical. We have two games that double dog dare you to strip mine entire planets just to get more stuff. But which one will win the title of Fun Fishing Factory Building Logistic Game? Find out next on today's Head to Head Showdown. Our first contender in tonight's matchup is Satisfactory, the good enough game that adequately digs its own grave with its own name. It's made by Coffee Stain Studios, makers of Goat Simulator. Really? Goat Simulator. Okay. And Sanctum 2. This one is the love child of Subnautica and Factorio, with all the awe-inspiring sights and the little design charms, combined with the brain-numbing monotony of factory building. You'll play as a single overworked underpaid corporate slave whose sole job boils down to just setting up and maintaining the machines that actually do the real work in this bizarre alien world of automation. Or it could just be our world in 40 years when Elon Musk and Bezos streamline everything. In this game, you'll start off by picking flakes of iron out the ground with your electric screwdriver just in the hopes of scraping together enough material to construct your first DIY drill station. You'll explore the lush landscapes, tussle with the occasional alien wildlife, and chainsaw the ecosystem in two. However, only hours later, you'll be stuck ten levels deep in your own cerebellum trying to figure out the maze of crisscrossing layers of conveyor belts, pipes, tubes, walkways, and power lines that you designed for your ever-expanding, rigged-up Rube Goldberg machine that you built just to feed all the smelters, constructors, generators, packagers, extractors, and any other building I forgot that has the ore suffix. But it's all in the name of the game. It doesn't gotta look good, it just has to be sufficient. Alright, alright, Satisfactory. Alright guys, let's talk about Satisfactory. Now, I was thinking about this. Uh, this is kind of a new genre in gaming. Not a lot of people have had the opportunity to play games like this. I mean, specifically, it's, it's automation games. So, Cowboy... You're the one who uh, had the idea to do these games. Uh, mm -hmm. You are big into them and you've played them so much more than I know, at least I have. And, and maybe, JB, I don't want to speak for you, but um, can you give us a rundown about automation games in general and what this one's like specifically? Yeah, so, I mean, and this isn't really that different uh, from the formula that you're going to see from other games in this genre. There's one name you're going to hear come up all the time, which is Factorio, which kind of revolutionized, uh, I, you could say that, revolutionized the idea of an automation game. The whole idea here is exponential growth. You start, and all these games you'll see it, Satisfactory, DSP, Factorio, other things that I'm forgetting to mention, you start with like your hands basically digging just the salt from the earth. You pull up your first door with your hands. You construct your first machine that does that for you. And suddenly you don't have to do that anymore. But now that that does that, you have to concentrate on what that produces, iron. And so you got to smelt it. So you build the smelters to smelt it. And then they feed those things to uh, buildings that construct things out of it. So you're no longer even constructing the robots. The robots are constructing the robots who construct the constructors. It's fractals all the way up. So it's, it's just like this exponential thing. And the neat thing about these games, I think where people like them, 
is you're always kind of arising your own challenges. You're building this factory. And as things come up, uh, there are natural issues like, oh, I didn't get enough power for my factory. I need to go out and build more stuff. So you're getting that that joy of like solving problems, but it's not spoon fed to you. You are creating the problems and then uh, deriving the solutions for them. So it's really neat. It's For some reason, it's just satisfying to have problems naturally occur and then to solve them and be like, this is how it would work in the real world. I would I would run a multi-million dollar business if I just had the, <laughs> the ambition. Mm. At least that's what I get from it. J- JB, you, you play these kind of games too, right? I do. I really, I, I really, really like these games, and I really, really hate Factorio. Yes, yeah, so and I, <laughs> I don't get it's so that. weird. I don't uh, get it either. Like I should the love Godfather. Factorio. I should love it. It's exactly what I love. I love. I, I mean, I play a lot of idle games on my phone mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, it's it's all automated. You don't have to do shit. Like you tap a few times and then you automate tapping, right? Yeah. Like that's my jam. I love efficiency. I love things happening while I don't have to do things. Like it's it's all in my wheelhouse. But for some reason, I don't like Factorio. Um, I, I think where Satisfactory differs from factorio um is number one it's a completely different viewpoint like literally your first person rather than um you know top Top down down, kind of like age of empire style point and click Mm -hmm. uh automation it's more first person 3d you know it gives me like a sense of um like a no man's sky style planet you know and you're just building factories that build other factories that build other factories and it's it's a unique experience for sure and the thing have you ever seen that clip uh, maybe everyone's seen it by this point because it got kind of big on the internet the clip from malcolm in the middle where the dad comes home brian cranston comes home and he has a note to change the light bulb and he goes to like oh change God, the yeah. light bulb mm-hmm. but the yeah. the light switch is off and so he goes to fix that but then the drawer he opens squeaks and by the end of it it's just a progression of problem to solve a problem to solve a problem he's like fixing the car he's taking the engine out of the car and she goes um she goes uh did you fix that light bulb yet and he goes what does it look like i'm doing <laughs> as he has the engine torn out yeah. it's <laughs> fixing so, the car it's so funny because that is Oddly, the appeal of these games, you literally like problems arise and you fix a problem to fix a problem to fix a problem. And when you collapse that giant Russian doll, it feels so good. Right. Mm. Once it starts working, it's just like an Mm -hmm. aha moment. And I I completely agree with you. That is the appeal of these games is like it's hard to explain, but I feel Mm -hmm. like everybody's felt this feeling before where you take a problem from you know a high level problem down all the way to the intricacies and then build it back up with solutions and at the end you have something working like it's just yeah. it's amazing it, it's there's n- not quite any other feeling like it i think that's why people like programming i think that's yeah. why humans built computers in general it's like the, it's it's the frankenstein it's, moment too mhm it's the, it's, it's just alive. the human spirit <laughs> it's the human spirit we want to create we want to fix we want to put out fires. Uh, some of us want to make fires, and that's fine because then there's people that put them out. <laughs> I think you're talking about arsonists and firemen. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> those are things that exist. So you did like Satisfactory? I did. Yeah, I I did like Satisfactory more than Factorio. 
Man, I want to ask, could you, I mean, try in the most basic form to dissect why this game worked and Factorio didn't? Because they are spiritually linked. They are they are kin in that capacity. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing for both. Can you dissect why you didn't like Factorio? I, I've been thinking about this, actually, and I... No, but <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> but I have some theories. <laughs> no, I cannot. Next question. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I do have some theories, and I uh-huh. think one of them is, um, and I think it's the main thing that I like about Satisfactory. Like the biggest mm-hmm. positive to me is that it's more flexible, and it I is. mean that literally because Factorio is a grid system. Like you have to build things, straight lines, organize them properly. Otherwise, things don't work. And in Satisfactory, I said, fuck it. I don't need to make like a perfect grid pattern organization for my coal power plants. And I'm just like, oh, there's water six miles away. I'll just pump it through some tubes all the way across the world. And I'll make them go over mountains and in some cases through mountains, which shouldn't work, but it does. And then I'm like, oh, there's coal over here. Let's just make that go in a loop-de-loop. I I purposefully, and it was the most fun I had in this game, is I made the most roundabout way to take iron that was right next to a storage unit for iron and make it go all the way around my base and like through little holes <laughs> and above things. And I had like platforms that could go on and then it went into the storage unit. Yeah. And it was just, it was amazing. Like the, the amount of flexibility you have was just, it was too good. It just felt uh, like it felt natural. It felt real. It felt more grounded Mm -hmm. and sad or Factorio feels so much more like I am robot. I build factory. Yeah. And satisfactory. If it's built, if you finish it and it works, you're, you're done with it forever. It doesn't matter how shitty it is, how slapped together, it will run those things from one hole to the other mm-hmm. uh, until the end of time. But in Factorio, there are certain moments of the game where you will have to rip out the heart of your factory in spaces so limited that you're talking like 10 hours of work. No flexibility. Right. You got to kill entire like uh, production lines over here to fit this, to get this to work again, and it's a headache. But in this game, it's literally like, fuck it. Just build a platform above it and make it happen. Just fucking do it. Just get it done, and you can. There's no yeah. hassle. That's exactly what you're talking about. It's like a bowl of spaghetti. Like, you don't... You, it doesn't need to be perfectly organized. It just needs to work. Just just get it in your hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get it Get it from the hole that is the bowl to, to your mouth. That, you know, just convey it via spills, the If some spills, if you get some spaghetti sauce on your shirt, it's fine. Nobody's judging you. These are top-notch metaphors. I, I hope you understand the game a lot better now, Frank. It's spaghetti. <laughs> All right, we've been talking a lot, Jake. What Jake. do you what do you think about this game? Okay, so I gotta back it up just a little back bit. Back it up, Jake. I gotta <laughs> back it up. Back that. I gotta dump back truck it up. On. I need to present my dump truck on this case. So, <laughs> um, as a rule, I don't like this style of game at all. Uh, Factorio was an instant turnoff to me. Any game that I play that feels like work work i don't like i've been working all day i don't want to come home and sit here and slowly slave away to create factory chains just to give myself more work to do because it's just more upon more upon more upon more upon more and factorio 
man, everything about that game, I ran away from it. It, it made me feel ooky to play. Yeah. It seriously did. Uh, cut to this episode and these rounds of games. I was not excited at all to play these games, but I know they mean way more to you guys. At least I know, especially you, Cowboy. Like, these are yeah. your games. These are your games. They meant a lot to you. So I was like, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. So I boot up Satisfactory. All of a sudden... It's there. I'm noticing first. This is really pretty. This yeah. game is gorgeous. It's, it's mm-hmm. everything about it. It's eye candy, man. And I'm playing on a higher end rig. So I get to bump everything up as far as it goes. I get those max frames. It's delicious. Uh, I find out that, oh, there's four maps to play. It's not procedurally generated. It's four no. different environments that were crafted with love and i'm instantly intrigued oh uh the game starts up oh it's not just here you are in a landscape get to work motherfucker dig some iron it's i'm in some sort of drop pod from space and it's setting up this whole scenario that i'm a factory worker for the fix it corporation Mm -hmm. uh and i'm being dropped on this alien world and from there i need to build factory stuff to send up into space i'm like oh cool and i'm dropping down onto this alien planet and i look around and i'm like oh my god i get to explore something i get to explore this world so yeah i start setting up my my basic stuff and uh, satisfactory is immediately um it's accessible. It it, yeah. it holds your hand. It shows you your basic stuff. It's like, hey, you do this, you do this, you do this. There's your base. You know how to it, set up these basic factory chains. There you go. And then all of a sudden, my stuff's up and running. And by the way, each individual like factory piece and all that is beautifully animated. Even oh, right yeah. down to the auto drillers. The auto drillers, when you first... The first thing that you get to drill, it's like these little drones you set down with your hands and they wake up like cute little robots and they squint their mm-hmm. eyes and stuff and they look around and then they drop their drills in and get to work. Um, that charm carries through the entire game. Now, that, I mean, that's what that that's what got me hooked. And hey, can, can I ask, did you play Subnautica? Yeah, I love Subnautica. And, yeah, it, it immediately right. reminded me of Subnautica. It took the charm and the yeah. charm. It's it's like having a, a coworker you're attracted to, and you might like maybe you don't like working, but like that you're charmed into coming to work. Like that's what it is. That's the subnautica charm is you don't even realize you're working because you just love what you're looking at. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, <laughs> Terry. Don't please don't, Terry. <laughs> so okay, so <sighs> uh. Satisfactory is also, it's just more than a an automation game, too. Because I found out, oh, well, Factorio has bugs, a never-ending bug infestation. Wait. It never goes away, and you always have to deal with, which just compounds on the stress of automation right. on top of automation. I hated that part. Yeah, but, automation with the Zerg rush is yeah. just not <laughs> oh acceptable. Oh, my God. <laughs> hate it. Nothing's more frustrating. Yeah, man, I uh, hate it. But I satisfactory, there are things to overcome. There's there's hostile uh, fauna. There's creatures that you have to overcome. There's certain like poison areas. There's there's hostile mm-hmm. things you have to overcome. But it's more like just exploring the world, man. It gives you it gives you tools. You can build a rebar gun to shoot them. Uh, yeah. 
And then eventually I found out it's it's more than that. You can build different vehicles. Uh, you can build trains. You can mm-hmm, build mm-hmm. vacuum tubes to get around. Like, dude, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. my God. I had so much fun building the tubes to just fly around everywhere. And you can twist and turn them in all these crazy directions. Satisfactory is the most accessible automation game that I've experienced. And I've experienced three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've experienced, <laughs> I've experienced the big three. It um, is. I agree. It is a highly accessible sandbox factory building game. Yes. And and you wouldn't think it could have all that because you're so amazed by like the graphics and the the first person's perspective. You're like, this can't be factorio complex, but it is. They, it, they include it. Yeah, it absolutely can get that complex, but at the same time, in a it's good just way. it's in a good way, sure. Uh, but at the same time, it's a fun game just to dick around in. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like I loved it immediately when I found out. Oh my god, I'm not tied to just work. I can have fun too. Like, oh my god. There was a situation where I was sitting there. I had water going into my uh, coal power plants, basically. I don't remember what the name of them are. Um, But it wasn't getting there. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why aren't my plants going? I have water. I have coal. Why is there no electricity? And I'm sitting there, like, toiling over it. And I realize, oh, wait. Like, it's going uphill. Water can't go uphill easy. And I find a pump. And I'm like, oh, what if I just throw this pump on there and everything started working and it? I felt like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, water doesn't go up. You need to push it. <laughs> and it was just, it was so, I like solved it. And then the game gave me the tools to fix it. Like I, yeah. w- such a good moment in gaming in general is when you you solve the problem before you know what tools are at your disposal and then the game gives you those exact tools you need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so that's a lot of good about this game but there's got to be some bad to it i don't have oh, any yeah. bad personally but i bet you guys do so cowboy again this is your jam is there anything about satisfactory you don't like yeah, I mean, and these might be personal, these might be subjective, but I get, I love top-down views. I love everything at a glance, and I know it's a trade-off with this game. I know they simplify it, they they uh, compensate for that, but I can get lost easy. My attention moves, and I can't keep it all in my head unless I can see it all at one time. And so sometimes I'm like, wait, what is this belt going to? What are these machines doing? Where am I going with this? And I have to like run around, run up a mountain, look down at it and be like, oh, that's going there and that's going there. And that's a little annoying to me. I would love to be able to fly straight up and look at it all and be like, oh, right. I was constructing this over here. And again, that's my attention span and everything. Other people don't have that problem. But the inability to, at a quick glance, get an understanding of all the moving pieces kind of made me spend a lot of time having to review what I've already done and like look at recipes and remember what's going where, um, which the other games don't have that problem. They give you a massive field of view. Uh, DSP does, the Godfather mm-hmm. Factorio does. Um, that's a hit against it. That's something I don't like. I have some things I don't like as well, but I did. You just reminded me of one thing I do like, so I'll oh. share that. Um, <laughs> I loved... The range at which you could do things. Like, oh, yeah. 
I mean, in both mm-hmm. of these games, and I'll talk about it in the next one too, but the range at which you could touch things and interact with things was much better than Factory, and it just felt really good. Oh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> throwing that away, the bad. Um, I think things were spaced too far away, and it made it. It got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I can go through all of this trouble of, you know, uh, going to all of these different boxes I have and grabbing all of my iron plates and my iron bars and my copper wire to build a whole new mining area and then transport it all the way over to my main base. Or I could just, you know, go eat a sandwich for a a while, maybe watch some TV and come back and I'll have all the resources I need. And I always chose the sandwich. Always. Yeah, that's fair, man. I've I've left both of these games just running while I did other stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's not... I mean, at least Factorio, of you. for how terrible it is, it always had something you had to do. Yeah. And in these games, it's like, nah. Like, it wasn't... It, it felt like it wasn't worth the effort in Satisfactory to go out and and do stuff mm. well, and instead I had fun building really big pathways for iron to get to a box just just because I was like oh I got this new um, elevator let me just build it as high as I can and then do like a, a roller coaster down into a storage <laughs> box just because <laughs> and I don't think that was the intent I'm glad it exists but uh, that wasn't the game making it fun that was that was me making yeah. fun of what the game gives me and i guess that's fine but i i, I don't know i just didn't want to play the game the the way the game should be played and i think that's a negative <laughs> is it man i see that as a positive like man satisfactory gives you so many tools to have fun between the between your weapons and your vehicles and the tubes like Oh, the dumb stuff you can do. Like, if you set up a large chain of vacuum tube entrances, if you set them up just right, you can enter one and shoot yourself like a fucking railgun from one edge to the map, from one edge of the map all the way to the other one. You Mm -hmm. die, but Mm -hmm. Satisfactory gives you tools to do really dumb things like that. It does. The other automation games just don't. It, I that, feel like it's a, a like a um, you know like a what's the like a fuck what is the name of that prize you get just for fucking showing up? A participation. Consolation. Yeah, it felt like a consolation prize that you know it was like so you go to your um, space elevator and you're like all right what do I need for the next thing and you're like nah. I ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me shoot myself to the fucking moon. <laughs> well, and that's, like, that's yeah. it's fine. I'm glad they give me the option to shoot myself across <laughs> the map, but I want to enjoy playing the game. I want to get to the end, and well, I just couldn't. Let, let me say this, because one thing that I noticed with me is I was, and this may even be too meta, but I was completing objectives because I knew I needed to to progress the game to talk about the game. Uh, um, I hate to keep bringing up Factorio, but it's the Godfather, so I will. I was fueled by the desire of the items I would unlock. I would uh, complete things and construct new things because I wanted 
these new things I could see in my research were satisfactory. I was just doing it because I had to, because because my corporate orval overlords were telling me that they need these, or else I don't know. I'm fired. I mean, what a ridiculous premise. But I don't. So it, n nothing really like drove me. I didn't have desire to complete the objectives besides the fact that I was being told to. So exactly. when you yeah, when that's you, my point. When you saw in the build tree with like the research station that like hey. If you do this, you can have a gun. <laughs> like, that didn't drive you to be like, I want that gun. Or like in tier four in, or whatever, when it shows you these badass vehicles you can get, you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I want those. That didn't drive you? Certain things. It, it should have, but in, in a lot of ways, the game felt overbearing. Like, the whole game towered over me. These big, bulky buildings, these big, bulky conveyor belts, everything felt like a hassle to me. I don't know if this is subjective or even perspective or psychological, but just everything felt like just a, I got to slug this thing over here and drag this conveyor belt there and like oh, set all this stuff up and like why am I even doing this oh right I'm being forced to I don't know why but that was my mentality of the game is like just get these things done that's exactly how I feel about Fact all of Factor. Uh, yep me too <laughs> that's what that's yep and I, I get this is more of a fun because this is a multiplayer game compared yeah. to its competitor uh, uh, Dyson Sphere uh, program. Uh, you can play this with friends, and you can do a lot of weird stuff. You you can go through you know tubes, fight aliens, explore the land together, and it's great for that. Which you know, I, if you have friends to play with this, and everybody wants to buy it and play it, I mean that's a huge plus for it. But without it, to me, it was a slog, just a bit. That was one gripe I had. I enjoyed the solo aspect really? of it. Yeah. Like, Me too. I really felt like I was dropped on a planet and, hey, here's your on-the-job training. Listen to our training video and here's your tool. Um, go get it. And then as you progress, you learn more and more about your role and your job and you're, you're doing it your way and you make it work. And that felt good because right. it wasn't like... I don't know with Factorio. I don't know if it's the scale of it or the whatever it is. It just feels like you have to do things a specific way. Yeah. And Satisfactory allows you to do it just however the fuck you want. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe that kind of thing is a very fragile thing because I can understand how you guys did, but it just did not work on me. It's like hypnotism. It just didn't didn't work for me it just i stared at it and i did the things i was supposed to do and the magic did not happen so i understand objectively like what's good about it and what's fun but i can tell you it, it i wasn't actually those kind of payoffs didn't actually happen in my brain hmm. so you know different folks different strokes gross, <laughs> gross. well that is satisfactory the automation game for people who don't like automation games, I say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Let's find out later. Hit it, cowboy. Our second contender in today's matchup is Dyson Sphere Program, made by YouthCat Games, the Chinese developer best known for having a website in a language that I can't read. But thanks to some handy articles, we know that they are a five-person dev team who put the game together in a little under two years, which is actually impressive for this game, so go dudes in China, I guess. This one is a mashup of Stellaris and 
Well, Factorio again, because let's face it, Factorio is the godfather of factory games. You play as the universe's most boring mech warrior, known for calculating mining efficiency rather than missile trajectory. You'll set up a basic one-two punch of mining and smelting to run your research stations, but before long, you'll gain countless new confusing chemicals, crystals, chips, carbon tubes, capacitors, colored cubes, and brain clots as you try to understand what the hell any of this is even for. You'll methodically traverse the starting planet, setting up ever-increasing amounts of resource extractors and production lines just to research faster and better ways to continue bleeding the planet dry to fuel your unending lust for sexy logistics and smoking hot efficiency, a.k.a corporate expansion. Once you've coated the planet in self-gratifying line after line of production and reproduction, you'll blast off in search of another full-bodied planet just to plant your seed of industry all over again. And why do any of this, you ask? You, you didn't? Oh, well fine then. I'm not gonna tell you. Seriously. All right, my rad dads, let's talk about Dyson Sphere program. Now, I do want to uh, pass it off to you again, cowboy, because... These are your jams. I do have a juicy tidbit, though, that I'm going to share about this game. I just don't want to talk about it yet. So what did you think about Dyson Sphere Program? Uh, uh, I, I'm mixed. I know it's good, and I like it. Um, but I'm going to have complaints about this one. I don't know if you're looking to me for a bunch of praise to be heaped on it because I love factory games, but I, I'm picky when it comes to certain stuff. So uh, this one is well-designed, but bothered me. I, I didn't like the way it was set up. So I might align more with JB on this one, if he hated it. I mean, what did you think, JB? I loved it. Oh, of course. <laughs> I um, love this fucking game. Of course. <laughs> it was so yeah. good. Do you just hate me? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> You do you your your preferences are spiteful towards me. That's all they I don't are. Know. I it was just it felt right. I I got to say satisfactory felt good in the mm-hmm. early game. Dyson Sphere program felt so good in like the middle to late game. It, once you got to a certain mm-hmm. level, things just clicked. And yeah. the amount of scale that you could do, the fact that you could I mean, I'm I'm spoiling this game, but I mean that's the point, right? The fact that you can fly to another planet and just go that's... fuck that spaghetti factory I left on Earth. I'm going to Mars. <laughs> well, and I want to say that's fucking cool because two of yes, my favorite, like, I agree. and one of them is No Man's Sky, which is sort of controversial, but I thought that was a great fucking space game. Uh, once they got it, you know, up to speed. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Uh, even when it came out, I was like, this is fucking dope. But also, here's one that a lot of people hated, Spore. I loved Endgame Spore. I loved the space stage in Spore, which is people's most hated part of that. And so, yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I know. I, mm-hmm. Of course, because I just said I liked it. So you don't, you don't have to say that. <laughs> but with oh, this one, yeah, I've I seen know that. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing I want to bring up with that we didn't say for Satisfactory is these games have, with these kind of games, creativity is the high ceiling on these games. The Once you've done everything, 
your own imagination is how high these games can go. And <laughs> with this game too, being able to span, go into space, have I, I watched a video of some guy uh, separating his smelting, mining, and production by planet. So he would send all the raw ore to one planet to a massive smelting planet. The entire thing was just coated in black smoke and smelters. And I mean, that's efficient. It's of his own design. It's creative. Um, but early to mid stage rubbed me the wrong way. I just did not like it. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. Early, early, early to early mid, like it's just like the first ten hours are kind of a slog. They, to they be plan. honest, yep. it you never have enough power. You're always manually doing things, and it just doesn't pick up fast enough. But yeah. once you get to the point where you're like traversing planets and you're actually like doing things and oh my God, my one of my favorite things was anytime I went to a new planet, the first thing I did would go, would, would be to go to one of the poles. Did either of you build on the poles mm-hmm. of any planets? No. Oh, why? It builds in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know why it's amazing, but the fact that you can just build in a circle, it was like everything was radial and it oh, was just, yeah. it felt good. Well, you don't have to go to the poles. You can do that on the equator. You can do that on any point. It's it's well, all. I did it on the poles. It's, it's more it's obvious. Santa Claus. <laughs> because I wanted to meet Santa. <laughs> I wanted to meet Santa. They said, oh, you can go to your map and you can see the poles. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going there right now. The Dyson and then of course Santa I started project. building there. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was great. It was great, and I don't know, like it it felt like. So here's the crazy thing: I really liked this game, and I hate Factorio, but this game felt like Factorio. <laughs> like I, it, it felt did. so much more like Factorio than Satisfactory did. Because this is a top-down game, so if we didn't describe that, it, it it's top-down, but you can zoom in and out, and you can change the camera for 3D uh, a bit. But it's not so; it's not first-person. It's not locked in like Satisfactory is, um, and it takes a little more from Factorio with the with the the amount of buildings you have to do and the scale of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it is it is more basically of a stole like the colored research. Yeah, like hey, you need the the red research, yellow, blue, whatever. In order un- to unlock the next uh, like tier of item, yeah. But one of my issues was in Factorio and other games, I can recognize the items and what they do, and and what I'm going to use them for, and it's all pretty like obvious to me. But the items in this game were so out of left field for somebody who's never seen them that I was like, I don't want to fucking learn what all these are and where they go and their nuances of how much I need of each and their speed. Um, because to me, the items were all sci-fi and, and new and non-intuitive as to as far as what they do. And maybe it's because we're limited for time. Um, maybe this game is great in the end game. I'm, I'm sure it is if you can put in your first 30, 40 hours. But God damn, the, the early game and the mid game just left me uh, in heaps of confusion. Mm. Here, if, if I may, mm-hmm. I, I want to straight up just share my whole journey with this game it's not super long okay <laughs> because again we we did only have two weeks to play these games and they're both massive in scale 
and mm-hmm. you can put hundreds of hours into these games before you see the end of it. You just can. So we, all three of us, we, we, we talked about it. We know that we're scratching the surface, even with this review. Yeah. So just hang hang with us. But so here's my journey with Dyson Sphere program. It starts up. I'm flying through space and some sort of automaton is talking to me and I'm like, oh, cool. It's super sci-fi, futuristic, neat. Uh, you find out that like the whole goal is you've been sent out to create a Dyson sphere around the sun. In order to do that, you need to harvest a lot of different resources from different planets. Okay, there's the factory game. That's your goal. That's why you are doing it. I land on a pretty little garden planet. It's neat. I realize I'm a tiny little bumblebee like the Autobot. The character you play <laughs> looks so much like the Autobot Bumblebee. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised I'm not getting sued already. You play as Bumblebee. <laughs> so... I get Bumblebee, I start walking around, I start making things, I realize, oh, I make things inside of me. So you don't have to go to a workbench or anything like that. You can actually replicate pieces inside of yourself because you got a little replicator and whatnot. I'm like, cool, okay, so let's do that. So I make my stuff, I slowly start building my little factories. I realize I have to pump a bunch of energy everywhere so i'm covering the fucking planet in the little wind sails and it's not enough so i eventually get solar it's not enough okay i finally get to a point where i get into the groove and i look at the tree like the the, the tech tree all the um it's everything you have to research and all the goals mm-hmm. that you have to get to and it is sprawling and yeah. i was immediately overwhelmed i'm like holy shit i can't play this game or I can't do this game justice, at least. Yeah. Like, I, I, you want me to build the Empire State Building, and here I am just fucking pouring slabs of concrete for the walkway. Like, woof. So, I do the best I can. I start playing around. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to get to space. So, I build all my stupid little, like, factory chains that are super inefficient all around this little garden planet. I'm digging rocks. I soon realize that I've, if I automate like three processes, cool, I can get enough pieces to start unlocking stuff. And that's where the game stalled out completely for me. Because I realized in this, at least in the early game for Dyson Sphere, if you set up a little area for yourself that you can charge your mech with your wind and solar and whatever, you won't have to cut down trees. By the way, your bumblebee runs on fucking trees and coal and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It is super yeah. inefficient. Um, you have to eat. keep powering. You have to keep powering your mech. But I found out that if I just grab a few pieces of my of my of my factory chain, walk over to my power station, and just click some buttons, my little mech will get to work, and I can walk away from the computer for twenty minutes, and yeah. I will slowly just unlock stuff. I played more of Dyson Sphere, I think, away from my computer than I did at it. <laughs> and, yes, and that—that's yeah. that. I mean, that's a testament to the early game in this game is not great. It's just not, and you have to really you got to be passionate about it. You really have to like force yourself to get into the late game to enjoy this game. So at the end of it, I unlocked enough stuff to get to space and I'm like, great, I can at least go to space and I lift off and I fly off of my planet and I accidentally hit some function that makes it where I can't aim with my mouse anymore. (laughs) And I drift off into space. (laughs) 
And I'm like, oh my God, I start panicking. What am I doing? What am I doing? And my dude is drifting farther and farther away out of the solar system. <laughs> the and I'm like, gravity. oh my God, oh my God, I'm stuck in, it's, it's like the movie fucking, it's like gravity. It's gravity. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I'm watching my solar system get farther and farther away as I can't fly my stupid little bumblebee because I, I fat fingered something. I don't know what I did. And I'm trying to figure out how to fly. And, fly, oh, what's bumblebee, that? fly. What's that? In the distance, as I leave my shitty factory behind, I see yeah. it, a planet. I start hitting my arrow keys and rolling and rolling and spinning circles until I finally just kind of aim myself at this planet. And I just watch as I slowly drift into it. <laughs> and when I finally get to this planet that's so far away from my garden planet, it's yeah. a literal ball of fire. Oh, the lava planet? <laughs> the lava planet. And like I, I land mean, on you it. You mean hell? Yes, I land on it. And I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm in hell. (laughs) I drifted off into space and I'm in hell. And I don't know how to get back. Beautiful Garden of Eden. Yes, and I don't know how to get back (laughs) home. That was my whole journey with this game. So, yeah, my, (laughs) my personal experience with this game sucked. But that's when I started watching videos. I started watching videos of people who really did put the work into getting to that's the late game. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's where I saw the magic of this game. I watched a, I watched a video of this dude who, again, he was setting up supply chains, but he decided to make his yeah. huge factory planet. And he covered an entire planet in, in this huge factory chain. And he mm-hmm. used drones for everything. So after he set this all up and he finally switched it all on and had his drones, the planet just erupted in drones. Drones covered the sky and everything came to life. And it was like looking at a Christmas tree covered in in, in, in drones on this lonely, icy planet in the middle of nowhere. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, this game is awe-inspiring if you can do it, if you can get there. If you can get to it, yeah. there's such a wow factor with this game. And that's coming from me who hates these games. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, the whole point is to build the Dyson Sphere. And, like, you literally build the Dyson Sphere. Like, you set up rail guns with all this energy and they're shooting solar sails and all this stuff. And you get to design the pattern of your Dyson Sphere. I They didn't. They didn't have to do that. That was a decision they made to allow you to customize whatever your Dyson sphere is. So you can draw right. dicks on a oh sun. God. And you can <laughs> you can make that a Dyson my sphere. My goal is to draw dicks on the sun. I mean, what other game allows you to draw dicks on I the mean, sun? That is the ultimate way to declare your power is to draw a dick on the sun. That's if you what I'm do saying. that then like Nobody is ever going to uh, doubt or challenge your abilities ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so all of the, there's a lot of games where it's like uh, progression, right? Yeah. That's the that's the core uh, thing of a lot of different games. I mean, you, you have going. Minecraft. You start punching a tree and you end up with a castle. Like, it's great. This one, you start punching a tree and you end up drawing a dick on the sun. Like it's there. Yeah. There is a, a top of the mountain aspect to factory games like this. Like uh, for this one, it is it is encapsulating the goddamn sun and absorbing its energy. 
um, and satisfactory. It is this massive complex. I, I mean, like spanning acres, miles of factory and just being able mm-hmm. to look over it. And then, uh, in fact, Torio, it's not on this list, but by the time we were done, I have at least 400 hours in it. It looks like a motherboard when you zoom out. Mm-hmm. It is so precise and so many moving components and pieces. It literally looks like the motherboard inside the computer, which is like right. ironic because that's what's running it. So, <laughs> But yeah, a lot of these games. And so it's hard for us because we only have two weeks. So we have to extrapolate. We have to take the features and kind of just know as professional gamers of where this is going to go, what it's going to look like, watch videos, and see where the, what the top of the mountain looks like. And that's something we have to factor in. But you can't discount the early and the mid-game because you can't get to the top mm-hmm. of the mountain if the fucking start of the mountain just kills you, if it's if it's you know discourages you. So. That's true. Right. It, it's like a mentality. If you're looking yeah. for a game that you can play for 400, 500, 600 hours, um, great. But if you're looking for a game that, you know, it's, it's kind of like a movie versus a long Netflix series. Yeah. Right. What are you looking for? Because these games scratch different itches in that mm-hmm. aspect. Well, and the thing I was going to say is I might really like our 400 of Dyson Sphere if I can get through hour 10 of Dyson Sphere, but I won't know yeah. it if I can't. And that's something you got to measure these kind of games on. It's super important. Right, you've all been talking shit about this game, and I really <laughs> like it. So, Cowboy, yeah. tell me something good. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I did say it was well-designed, and I can tell that. So despite my things, let me talk objectively. The ability to build is actually really cool and easy. Like uh, laying conveyor belts... Uh, is you click one end and then you click the other and it does a lot of the work you can you can construct but you can also go vertical just like satisfactory so you you get that top down view of seeing everything but you also get the multiple vertical layers in which you can run things over the same space right absolutely like you just push a button and it raises up a level it does you push that button again it goes up another level and you don't have to like satisfactory had a little bit of jank to trying to do that yeah. Um, unless you set it up perfectly with different pillars, like you couldn't just get it right. And um, but this one, you could just raise it up a couple levels and throw it over another one. And there's a lot of customization in building. They they let you, they give you options. So like when you're building a splitter, you can classify which lane has priority for incoming, which lane has priority for outgoing, and filters on those lanes. So you could have a lane that's completely mixed up and jumbled, but the filter will tell it, all right, iron's going this way, copper's going this way, and then that can feed into another splitter. Um, and it's fully customizable so that you can do a lot more with a lot less pieces than, say, other games because they let you tailor them. Yeah, Factorio specifically. Factorio. <laughs> I, I, <son laughs> bitch. I mean, Factorio, you can do that stuff, but it requires like coding. Like you have to build a brain that knows things yeah. that can filter things the right way. But in this one, it's just like, oh, you put a little filter thing down and you just pick the yeah. thing you want and it just does it. Like you don't have to mm. worry about all that. This one doesn't give you such base. This one gives you complex tools that can move that can fit a lot of jobs other games it's kind of like figure it the fuck out and it throws you like a wrench and a screwdriver and you got to construct like a brand new engine but this game is like you know you you can you can do a lot with a little 
Mm -hmm. And so they they did. It's part of the gameplay. They programmed in a lot of adaptability. And I really applaud them because when I did build, I didn't really have to think about it. I'm like, this moves here. The grabbers that load the the machines that make things have incredible range. They can reach out and grab it from like any distance. They can go up, down. Like the developers are like, why make you have to worry about how close a production? Just fucking go out there and grab it. You're a robot. Just fucking reach out and grab it. And I was like, yeah, fucking reach out and grab it. Thank you. <laughs> That's what yeah. I've been yelling at my monitor. <laughs> it's like a slightly more flexible Factorio it, in flexible. the early game, at least. Flexible is the best. Dyson Sphere lets you be very flexible with your builds. So that was Dyson Sphere Program, the game that takes you from punching trees to drawing dicks on the sun. Is that a good thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's one bad thing about it, Jay? Nope. Uh, cowboy. <laughs> Well, now we know what's good, what's bad, and what matters. As always, our contenders will be awarded trophies based on the three categories of art direction, fun factor, and game design. Then, with those in mind, we will crown an ultimate victor for today's battle. I'm up first with the art trophy. Uh, This trophy was surprisingly hard to decide. On the surface, it's clear that Satisfactory has more impressive visuals. From the environment to factory animations, the game is total eye candy. I had and will continue to have a blast exploring its four different beautiful maps. I also really enjoy the music, too. It reminded me of all the best parts of synthy science video soundtracks you heard when you were in high school. However, there's only one game tonight that filled me with a sense of awe when exploring the cosmos, and that's actually Dyson Sphere Program. You may play as a little Autobot knockoff on more simplified worlds than Satisfactory, but the game oozes atmosphere once you get to explore your solar system and beyond. Exploring space feels real, and every new world has an appropriately atmospheric soundtrack to boot. Plus, I may not have been able to build it, but watching videos of fully automated production lines, complete with thousands of transport drones on cold, distant worlds, was simply amazing to me. And for that, the Dyson Sphere program actually wins the art trophy. Awesome. I'm up next with Fun Factor. Satisfactory had one major plus. That is, it didn't feel like Factorio. Oh my God. The 3D space, limitless spaghettification, and hilarity that can be achieved with hypertubes made this a unique experience that takes only some of the bad from Factorio. (laughs) Dyson Sphere Program, on the other hand, feels like Factorio's sibling. The early game and many of the mechanics are basically ripped straight out of Factorio. Mm. Once you get past the early game, though, oh boy, do things change. The scale, planet hopping, upgrade tree, and, well, really everything is just better. DSP isn't just a sibling. It's the sibling that their parents loved the most. I did genuinely like both games, which surprised me quite a bit with my disdain for Factorio. But when I sat down to play Satisfactory, I couldn't stop thinking of the other, better sibling. Dyson Sphere Program wins the Fun Factor Trophy. And I'll round things out here with the game design trophy. So for both games, design is important, as the games generate fun through your freedom to design the factories in your own way. Now, Satisfactory gets a huge boost for its multiplayer. Uh, It's more simpler, it's more fun-seeking, and its environments are more aesthetic, and it has a lot of functional charm. Uh, Dyson Sphere is well-rounded. No, that's a joke. But putting that aside, uh, it does give you a lot. It has a... 
expanded scope over satisfactory. Uh, the UIs on both are decent uh, to navigate and can be frustrating, but I think Dyson Sphere uh, takes the cake on that one. Uh, I'd say both games are expertly designed, uh, but may vary slightly as to which audience gravitate to them. So it did become a hard call in the end as far as uh, approachability versus the depth of it. But I'm going to go ahead and give the design trophy for all its features and for the impressiveness that it only took five people to make it. Dyson Sphere Program takes the design trophy. So those were the trophies for today's showdown, which show you where each game excels. But now it's time to cast our vote to find out the final winner for the title Fun Fishing Factory Building Logistic Game. Jake, what's your vote? So contrary to the trophy winners tonight, I'm voting for Satisfactory. I had so much fucking fun playing the game, and I'm going to keep playing it. And Cowboy. Yeah, uh, the battle is Fun Fishing Factory Building Logistic Game. I'm going to have to give it to Satisfactory. It's in the name. And because I, I think it wins. <laughs> and I'll go last. And uh, f- fuck, my vote doesn't matter because I'm going for Dyson Sphere Program. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, whatever. Play the music. Play the fucking music. Yay! Well, there you have it. Another perfectly efficient episode. Everything in line, everything move like a smooth conveyor belt. As long as we edit this well. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight was certainly something, man. It was. It was certainly something. Thank you to all you Franks for sending listener questions through our social media. We really appreciate it. Uh, For a reminder, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and that's it. And you can also check out our website, <laughs> head2headpod.com or h2hpod.com for those of you who hate the letter E. Hmm. And as always, a quick thank you to Metroid Mike for the use of his song. It's called I Can't Break, and it's off of the album Heart of the Juggernaut. You can hear it at the beginning and the end of this show. Twitter him. Give him kisses. And I also want to give a thanks to you, listeners, Franks as I call you, Frank. I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in and enjoying the show that we make. We love making it for you guys, and we love the people who are submitting questions and talking with us. And we can't wait to build a massive community where everybody feels welcome. Um, If you guys can, and I I really got to stress this, trap your friends into listening to this if they get in the car with you lock the doors stare them in the eye and hit the play button and make them listen (laughs) they may not like it at first but it'll grow on them and soon they'll be laughing that's how stockholm syndrome works so trust me go ahead and do it we did it to you now it's your turn to do it to them it is a pyramid scheme uh as always (laughs) it's a pyramid scheme of fun a pyramid scheme of love of fun it's not a pyramid scheme it's a reverse funnel system (laughs) uh it's a meat grinder um you know uh if you guys could uh we we're still a fetus of a podcast uh to be honest unless you're listening to this in the year 2050 we're dead uh but before that we're probably massive um but right now if you're listening to this contemporarily we are still a small podcast i don't think we even have any reviews on apple so if you guys could if you love us if you laughed even once you owe it to me you owe me all right well 
Could you please go fill out an Apple review? Uh, say some funny stuff. You Get can weird. be the first. You can you be can the first. You can take our Apple review virginity. Oh, ew. That's a little weird, but yeah. You could do it. Get in you there. You could. Right now, you could do it. Have some fun with it. And uh, give us feedback, too. We're so starved for be- feedback. Uh, people tell us they love the show, but they don't tell us what about it and things. So give us some info. You know, tell us what you love about it. Tell us why you listen. Um, and then follow us on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter trying to tell jokes. Get at me. Get weird. I'll message you back. Slide my DMs. I'll, I'll slide right back. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, Jake is on. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> is that not how it works Jake is on Instagram DM him he is an expert he's not as bad as me he knows the terminology <laughs> and then as always uh, yeah I think we mentioned Twitter and the website but just talk to us now get the fuck out of here good night everybody good night or morning or afternoon or 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 banter well, boys, you can get out of here. I had a meeting with Luke, and I'm uh, letting everyone go home now. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Luke really got you to understand that... Workers are the backbone of big businesses and should be respected as people and not treated like cogs in a machine who are only valued for their efficiency? (laughs) What? No. Where did you get that garbage? He threatened to lock my social media accounts I used to troll support groups if I didn't let him take a look at the database. Oh. Well, okay, but, I mean, he did improve the systems, which shows that you should trust your workers for ideas. Well... Actually, he did find the metrics were 100% accurate due to a few flaws in our uh, database systems, which were, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, obsolete. Obsolete? What database are we using? MySQL? MongoDB? Um, it's something called Excel 97. But I guess the name is misleading because it does not excel at keeping track of big data metrics for 150 employees, let me tell you. <laughs> and you think they'd have it figured out by the 97th sequel. <laughs> oh, numbskulls. Uh, 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 wait, where's Luke? Well, still in my office. He literally blew a fuse when I showed him. Wait, literally? No, idiot. It's a figure of speech. Anyway... He's been burning the data through to the program all day, and it turns out we're actually, uh, 30% over targets. Well, 45% now, with all the backbreaking labor I introduced on the staff today. Oh, well, I, that's good for us, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, especially for me. Once the higher-ups caught word we fixed the error, they gave me a massive bonus for being so over goal. So... I guess it was worth it all in the end. Well, no, I'm out of no, here. But it was... I'll see you nerds bright and early tomorrow. That's when you'll be here anyway. <laughs> I'll see you guys when I come in at noon. Anyways, later, losers. Maybe we really should just quit this place. Uh, we can't do that. Why? You know why. What? Why? Why not? Dude, we're too tired for a fourth wall break right now. Just do the sigh so we can go home. But I was just... 
I was, he, 